Hey, it's Boss from Massive Wagons, and you're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks Podcast. What's going on? What's shaking? How you doing? Hope you're having a good day. Welcome back to The Hook Rocks. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Welcome back to another episode. Once again, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great platform of music-related podcast. You can catch my friend's Shout Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus, as well as the Hanging and Banging Podcast with Carmen Apice, Vinny Apice, and local Chicago promoter Ron and Esty. Martin Popoff, The Rock Historian, Mistress Carrie, and Baco from Cobras and Fire. Just want to put it out there, too. I just did a collaborative podcast with Shout Out Loudcast called The Zeppelin Chronicles, something we're going to be doing quarterly. We did our introduction episode last quarter, and this is kind of the first official one where we talk about Led Zeppelin 1, the songs, the production, bootlegs that were released around that time when they were touring, and just where the band was at in their history. We also welcome Superfan Murph onto that podcast, too, as well, so please enjoy that. Please also enjoy some of our other episodes that we've recently aired, like the one with Emer Reynolds, the wonderful director of the Phil Lynott documentary, Songs for a While I'm Away. Phil Lynott, of course, from Thin Lizzy. Had a great conversation from her while she was in Dublin, and we talked about the documentary, the film, what she, what she wanted to do with with Phil and his personality and his history. Check it out. I know it's on a lot of streaming services. I know it's on Amazon Prime if you have that. It's a great watch. I highly recommend it. We've had some great new music spotlights with Seven Stone, with Abby Kay, with Crashing Wayward, with The Odd Even, a slew of bands we always do. We try to do at least one per week. We do a lot more. Um, We've done over 100 new music spotlights. I always enjoy talking to new bands, bands that you should be listening to. Also, Christy and Eagle was welcomed back to the show this past month. We did the streaming services and how they propose the lowest royalty rates in the history of music. So give that a listen to as well. And we kicked off November with the Black Sabbath podcast, Into the Void, which was a great, great episode. We also interviewed Phil Lewis in November. And we recently welcomed Anna Stella, the rock journalist in the U.K., talking about her new show, Amped, which she just filmed a pilot for. Excited about that. Anne is really in the trenches when it comes to new rock and new music. So I hope you get a chance to check out that episode. Follow us on Twitter, at The Hook Rocks. Also on Facebook, search us up, The Hook Rocks. And follow us wherever you podcast, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen. We are available on every platform. Set your app to automatic download so it comes right to your phone, Whenever it does air. Anyway, I'd like to welcome back one of our favorite guests, 
Um, part of the Groove Council, which I've mentioned before, is a group of us that talk about music offline. Um, we do enjoy sharing music and talking about new bands and We've had him on before talking about audio. We talked about setting up a stereo system or the modern-day stereo system. And last time we talked about the sound quality of streaming services, which is a really good episode. They always get a lot of great feedback. It's a great dude, great guy, local to Chicago. I'd like to welcome at Skyrob Tapes, Mr. Rob. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Jay. I am doing great, man. Thanks for having me back. It's awesome to be back. Yeah, man. I always look forward to these. We're doing these every quarter. We pick an audio topic that uh, we think people are going to be interested in. I think the modern day stereo system and what to look for if you're beginning to build, you know, with a turntable and speakers, that is a a must listen. I think that aired back in June. And then, of course, in September, we did the streaming services because, hey, man, we're all connected to those streaming services now, whether we like it or not. So we yeah, wanted, whether we want to be or not. Yeah, yep. and we wanted to talk about which ones are the best sound quality and why. So check that out. That aired in September. And now we're talking about another important topic. Now that concerts are back and you know, very few cancellations are happening, everything seems to be moving forward, we are going to be talking about earplugs, the importance of earplugs, and the importance of protecting your hearing. I know, you know, being in my mid-40s, I've been to a lot of rock shows over the years, throughout the decades, and I do have a little bit of tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on who yep, we talk to, yeah. who, who we talk to is how they pronounce it, but I always get that feedback in my ear when I least expect it, um, and that's just been years of listening to loud rock music. So Rob's going to walk us through why it's important and what you should be looking for when you are purchasing these earplugs for concerts and uh, take it away, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny when, uh, when we started and pretty much when everybody starts going to concerts, you know, you're young, right? And the last thing typically that young people are thinking about is what their hearing is going to be like when they're in their forties or fifties, like we are. <laughs> or, you know, what anything is going to be like when you're in your 40s or 50s. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, uh, the thing about hearing is that it's never too late to start protecting what you've got, right? And so, uh, you know, while I certainly also, uh, you know, went to some concerts, uh, you know, without hearing protection when I was, you know, when it was in the 80s and I was uh, uh, a young guy, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't even have thought about it then. Um, but you know, there, there are some real issues there. So we're, uh, you know, let's get into why it's important and then kind of what you can do about it. Um, last time when we were talking about streaming services and sound quality, uh, you know, we, we, I jokingly talked to, although it's hundred percent true about the fact that, you know, sound is really math, right? Um, and that's also true when you think about why, uh, it's important to consider protecting your hearing at rock concerts. Um, you know, sound is measured in uh, pressure, right? And the intensity of that pressure. Uh, and it's measured in decibels. Uh, and so how loud something is measured in decibels. Now there's a bunch of different nuances to measurements and we're not going to get into all that. Um, but, uh, you know, very low levels of decibels are quiet sound. 
uh, and very high numbers of decibels are very loud sounds. And, uh, you know, the range is, you know, a very, very quiet room uh, will be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40 decibels, 30 or 40 decibels background ambient noise. And a jet engine is somewhere in the neighborhood of about 120 decibels. And of course, it depends on how close you're standing to it. Rock concerts, you know, we'd like to believe that a rock concert is somewhere in the 100 to 110 decibel range. I measured, yes, because I'm that geek. Uh, I measure concerts uh, from my smartphone, which you can easily do. Uh, and I've been to several where, uh, you know, the background uh, or the sort of average noise of that rock concert was easily in the jet engine range. <laughs> the problem with that um, isn't just that you leave and maybe your ears are ringing and, you know, you don't hear quite right until the next day, which is a bad sign, actually. Uh, but you're actually, unfortunately, doing damage to your hearing that's permanent. Um, and you can do a lot of damage to your ears uh, and still hear, which is part of the good news. Uh, the bad news is that the damage that you do to your ears is also cumulative. Um, and you can uh, enhance or accelerate uh, what we all end up getting, which is age-related hearing loss. Right, so even if we weren't going to rock concerts and uh, and you know, standing too close to the stacks and banging our heads, you still ultimately lose some of your hearing acuity as you age. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, so again, kind of why it's important to protect your hearing is that uh, it is cumulative, and every time you've gone to a concert and you've had that sort of ringing or dead sound in your ears the next day, you've actually caused a problem for yourself. Uh, and the sooner that you start to protect what you've got, the better. Now, the good news is there's lots of good ways to do that that we're gonna that we're gonna get into here. I went to uh, I went to a, a Kiss concert in 1992 at UIC Pavilion, um, and we had seats on the floor, and I was real excited about that. And we get there, and some you know security person or whatever says, "Well, we get there, and first of all, I'm like, there's no row where my tickets are." So that's kind of a problem. Uh, so someone comes and says, yes, uh, good news is you've been upgraded to a much closer seat because your original row was taken up by the soundboard. So they moved us up to the front of the stage, which seemed like it was great. Except, Jay, we were like five feet from the stacks. Wow. <laughs> and we're talking about a KISS concert here. Um, so uh, I go running into the bathroom. Uh, and this is not really fun, um, but got some toilet paper, got it wet and stuffed it in my ears and then went back down and enjoyed the Kiss concert and more happily I could still hear in the morning. And it was that, it was that event that led me to think, you know what, there, there's undoubtedly a better way to protect my hearing than sticking wet concert bathroom toilet paper in my ears. Um, and so, uh, so I started to look into this stuff. Um, and there, the good news is there are a million easy and in many cases, super cheap ways to protect your hearing at a rock concert. The, the most important thing to understand is that there isn't a free pass here, right? You are going to need to do it. And the sooner that you start uh, thinking about 
bringing earplugs to concerts and protecting your hearing at concerts, the longer a period of your life you'll be able to enjoy them. Um, now, you know, not so the earplugs are the solution, right? Not toilet paper. Um, and earplugs come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and prices. Uh, as is kind of typical with most things, earplug the quality that you get from the earplugs does vary by how much money you spend. And it's not just a question of the sound quality that comes through them, uh, but also uh, the comfort. So you can buy the kind of roll-up foamies, right, that are often yellow or green or, or beige, um, that you can literally get at the hardware store for 30 cents a pair. So, And they're one and done, right? You use them at the concert, and then you throw them away when you're done. Super cheap. Uh, you can buy, and I had this for a long time, you can buy a bottle of a hundred of them on Amazon for like $9. Um, so from that perspective, there's absolutely no excuse not to bring earplugs to concerts because anybody could afford, if you could afford to go to the concert in the first place, you could afford to spend 30 extra cents. Most to, venues, uh, most venues though, if you go and ask, they do have free earplugs, you know, those swishy ones yep. that you put in the air. So really, yep, I mean, every event, even if you don't want to spend money, just go to the venue and say, hey, where can I get a pair of earplugs? And you can grab a couple of them, you know, put them in your pocket and, and use them during the show. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I actually did that at a Blue Man group. Uh, do you call that a concert? I don't know. But before, yeah, <laughs> I did that at a Blue yeah. Man group. Yeah, I did that at a Blue Man group performance because I wasn't thinking how loud that was going to be. Right. I'm like, it's not a rock concert or I didn't think of it as a rock concert. And I, I, I'm like, well, I'm not going to need these here. Uh, and yeah, I just went up to an usher and they handed and they handed me a pair, which I was grateful for. So, yes, you, you probably could get by exclusively asking for them every time and not even have to spend the 30 cents. Uh, but you could you could easily do that. So the disadvantage of the foamies are twofold. Uh, one is that they aren't the easiest or most comfortable things to get in your ear. Right. You you do have to do for them to be effective. You have to use them right, which means you have to roll them between your fingers till they compress and then kind of tug on your earlobe and then stick it in your ear canal and press on it until it expands. Right. I've seen people take the yellow foamies and sort of just half or not even halfway, like barely jam it in their ear. And the thing's not even really in their ear. And they're like, oh, yeah, good. I'm good to go. Um, and I mean, that really hasn't accomplished much of anything. So uh, they do have to be used correctly to work. Uh, and then they're not the most comfortable. They also don't provide the best possible sound quality that you can get. Although I will, I will say this, one of the other advantages of using earplugs is especially if the concert is really loud, no matter what kind of earplug you're using, it will sound better than it does without the hearing protection because your ears actually do overload, right? I mean, a really loud concert is going to sound distorted in your ear. It's not going to sound good. Yeah, the bottom the end, is, usually on a loud concert, by the end of the show, the bottom end, you can't even identify it. Yeah, that's right. You that's know, like, because, right. I mean, because it doesn't have, your ears are so distorted. I think the, the first time I ever was scared when I got out of a concert, was gosh four or five years ago i went and saw maiden on the book of souls tour oh, and yeah. i saw him at the uh 
used to be the World Music Theater. I forget what it is now, but it's in Tinley Park, yeah, Illinois. The Hollywood Casino yeah. Theater or something like that, I think. Yeah. And I walked out, and I actually felt like I was walking next to an airplane. And the show was over. Yeah. The show was over. And I got, and I got in the car. I couldn't turn on the radio. I'm like, I, I don't want to hear anything right now. I was, I, I, that's, and that's when I said, no more of this. I can't do this anymore. I got to wear, I got to wear earplugs. Yep. And that's exactly right. I mean, it, it, it isn't even, it, you know, for people who think that it means that you're going to sacrifice sound quality by using earplugs, it's actually just the opposite. The concert's going to sound, in addition to making your, uh, to protecting your hearing, the concert's going to sound better once you get used to the idea that it isn't as loud as it was when you, uh, when you first put the earplugs in. But if you wait literally 60 seconds uh, and your ears adjust to the difference in volume, the actual sound quality that you hear when the earplugs are in at a very loud concert is going to be better. All right, so you got your roll-up yellow phones. Uh, you know, there's no real way to adjust those. You got to get them in the ear, and and they do what they do, and they will protect your hearing. Um, if you can justify spending just a little more money than that, um, then there are a bunch of makers of earplugs that come with different filters. Uh, Edemotic is a great example uh, of one of those. They uh, they make a bunch of different ones that are highly effective that are you know, in the neighborhood of 30 bucks a pair. Uh, and the filters give you different amounts of uh, what's referred to as attenuation, right? Different amounts of uh, degrees to which they reduce the volume level that your ears are actually hearing. And so the, uh, the advantage there is that you can tailor the filter that you use to the kind of concert that you're at, right? So going back to my KISS experience, uh, I went to see KISS back in October uh, at Tinley Park, in fact, uh, and it was as loud as always, right? And so I used the most aggressive filter that my earplugs offer, right? The largest amount of attenuation. Um, but, you know, when I go to shows that are at a more intimate venue that are not nearly as loud as that, different kind of music or whatever, uh, I'll pick a smaller amount of attenuation filter, uh, you know, still enough to accomplish the goal of protecting my hearing, but the sound will just be, you know, more, uh, a little more lively, uh, and given the kind of concert that I'm at, that's usually better. And the nice thing is you can change those on the fly, right? So, you know, you put one set in, you don't think they're giving you enough, uh, uh, enough sound reduction, or you think they're giving you too much, then you just pop the different filters in and away you go. So that is a that is a better way to go, uh, and again, not terribly expensive. Um, the only disadvantage I think to those kind of earplugs is that they're still not super super comfortable, uh, and some people do have difficulty getting them to stay in their ears. Uh, it depends on what kind of ear canal you have: big ear canal, small ear canal. They typically come with different kinds of uh, tips. Uh, what I found for me personally, unfortunately, was that the kind of rubber tips that most people use on earplugs and have no problem with just won't stay in my ear. They, I can't get them to stay in. Uh, and I go to a lot of concerts and, and you know, I'm able, uh, I'm concerned enough about this and I'm financially able to do it that I went kind of the full, uh, Monty, if you will, of earplugs, which is that I had custom earplugs made. So what this, involve, what, uh, what this involves is actually going to an audiologist 
uh, and they take a mold of your ear canal. Uh, the exact same kind of thing that musicians all do to get their stage monitors done. Uh, and in fact, it's the same company that makes stage monitors that makes these custom uh, earplugs for concerts. In my case, the company called Westone. Uh, and you get the molds made, totally painless. Takes a couple minutes, that's it. Uh, and a couple weeks later, you get back custom earplugs that are literally impressions of your ear canals. So popping those things in and out takes a second. Once they're in, you can't feel them at all. Um, they're incredibly comfortable and, you know, they also have the same kind of filters. So they do the job better than any other kind of earplug you can get with the highest amount of comfort. Sadly, they're the most expensive. So those are sort of the trade-offs, but you really do have a range, right? You can spend 30 cents, you can spend 30 bucks or you can spend 300 bucks. <laughs> um, and you can, uh, you can get hearing protection any of those ways. Uh, and you know, a couple of trade-offs depending on you know which route you go and uh, you know what you're willing and able to spend on it. The most important thing, though, again, is just do something. Uh, you know, don't uh, you know, don't kid yourself into believing that uh, that it's not going to matter. Think for a second, Jay. I mean, there are so many of the rock gods that we grew up with uh, listening to that are totally deaf. Yeah. Right. Or uh, maybe Pete Townsend's completely deaf. Nugent, uh, Ace Freely. Yeah. I mean, these guys are deaf. Uh, and, and they obviously went to a lot more concerts than we did. Um, but, uh, uh, but there's a lot of times where the sound is a lot louder in the hall than it is on the stage. Um, and, you know, even still, they all have very bad hearing loss. So, uh, and again, the most important thing also is to realize that it's never too late, right? If you can hear now, um, protect what you got left, uh, and, and, you know, grab any of the kinds of, uh, of earplugs that we just talked about and, you know, bring them with, and, uh, you'll be able to go to concerts and enjoy them for the rest of your life. If you do that. Talk through the perception from someone or that someone has that if they wear earplugs, the show's not going to sound the same. It's not going to be enjoyable to them. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's. <laughs> I think that's just from lack of having done it. I mean, I, look, I, I will admit that you can. The other perception, of course, is that it's not very rock and roll to wear earplugs, right? I don't obviously subscribe to that point of view, but um, there, uh, I was at. Oh, I was in it. I was at the Sons of Apollo show at the Arcata, and Jeff Scott Soto was making fun of prog rock people for going to concerts wearing earplugs, <laughs> among other things. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, Jeff, you know, but those guys are actually doing the right thing." Um, and I love Jeff Scott Soto. You know, I went to see him at uh, I went to see him with Jason Beeler a couple uh, a couple weeks ago yep. at, uh, at Red downtown um but you know there i mean yes it's it's not you know going to a concert and not wearing earplugs is the equivalent of kind of uh, you know a form of reckless abandon right so uh, you know i get that i just i you know i think that i think that that's silly the sound quality thing though is just flat wrong right i mean that's a perception that it, that people i think have because they've either not tried uh wearing earplugs at concerts or um, they weren't doing it right, right? They had a pair that didn't fit well. 
they were using foamies that they didn't get in their air canals right. I mean, something like that. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there, it, it actually really honestly sounds better. Um, so if you want to, if you want to hear, uh, and I know it's a little counterintuitive, right? You think to yourself, Oh, I'm sticking something in my ear. I'm not, it's not going to be clear. And again, especially if the concert is on the loud side, it's exactly the opposite of what you might think, counterintuitive as it may be. Having the thing in your ear will make the sound cleaner overall because your ear's not, you know, in a state of distress. Yeah, I think that is probably the biggest hurdle for a lot of people is, you know, rock and roll. You know, I'm out wearing headphones, but, you know, when you walk out of a concert like I did in an Iron Maiden show, and you're like, oh, my God, like, this is bad. What have I like, done? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. like this is horrible. And, and literally it took four or five days for my hearing to come back to normal. And then, of course, I saw Metallica, like, on the sixth day at Soldier Field. <laughs> you know, so um, my, my ears took a beating over those two weeks. But that is a, that's a helpless situation because yeah. you, you're, it's almost like you're – your ears are flexing. Your eardrum is flexing um, because it's been overpowered, so to speak. Right? Like, like if you get, if you almost like it's it's like a calf muscle cramping, and you get like this closing and opening, closing and opening. And it's like this weird sensation. I don't know if you've ever experienced yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and it's terrible. I mean, it's not a fun. It's not a fun thing. That you know the. It may be fun. It may feel like you're having fun at the time, but then you you get back and you're, I mean, and it causes your head to hurt. And then it's just, I mean, you've, you've damaged your body, right? I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to say it than that. The, you know, if you were a construction worker, right? Um, OSHA, right? The Occupational Safety Health Administration has a uh, guideline that workers, uh, companies that employ the workers have to, uh, comply with that prescribes a certain amount of noise exposure that you can have at work in a given day. Um, and if you look at the OSHA chart for volume and how loud a typical rock concert is, the, a construction worker would be allowed to attend a rock concert for 15 minutes and then they'd have to go home. Wow. Wow. That's or they would be, yeah. yeah. Or they would be violating OSHA rules. Right. Uh, and the worker, you know, and the, and the company that uh, was employing them could be subject to huge fines and all kinds of problems. And, and uh, you know, that's the so you think about that for a second. Right. I mean, they're you know, the the and your ear doesn't know the difference between a jackhammer and a, and a, a fender. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. What, what about the venue itself? I mean, you know, we have outdoor venues. We've got theaters. We've got stadiums arenas, small clubs, is it, is the level of, of importance or focus more so in a particular venue? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, to a certain extent, yes. Uh, and that, that is because the, uh, the intensity of the sound is determined not just by how loud it is at, well, what matters is how loud it is where you're sitting. Let's put it that way, right? So, you know, the, the, the speakers are producing a certain level of volume at the speaker, right? Um, and if you're literally standing right in front of the speaker, it's horrifyingly loud. You know, and if you're 
a couple hundred feet from it, um, it's significantly less loud where you're, you know, where you're actually at. At an indoor show, um, the sound is more, the sound pressure is more uniform uh, because of all the reflections um, than it is at an outdoor show. So if you went to, ah, let's talk about our favorite little place, uh, Tinley Park, right? The amphitheater at Tinley Park. If you went to Tinley Park and you sat on the lawn, uh, you may well not need earplugs. All right. You know, again, unless you're, they do have some support loudspeakers up there. So if you were sitting right next to one, you probably still would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, but it is entirely possible that you would. Um, uh, another venue that I've been to, um, that when I was sort of in the back of the pavilion, uh, I definitely didn't need earplugs was Ravinia, right? Uh, Ravinia doesn't do super loud concerts. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of have more of a picnic setting too. They do. And if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're picnicking, you definitely don't need them. If you're in the pavilion and I, when I go to Ravinia, I always sit in the pavilion for the concert, but, um, even there, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've always been more about how it sounds than how loud it is. Uh, and, uh, that they have actually a spectacular sound system there. Um, and it sounds great and it's just not, you know, it's not painfully loud. So, uh, you know, again, if you're right by the speakers, it, you still might need them. But, you know, typically where I've sat, it doesn't. So, yes, the venue matters a lot. Um, if you want to be super nerdy about it, like I said, there's a bunch of apps that you can download to your smartphone that will tell you how loud it is. Uh, you know, and if you've got if you're at a concert and, you know, the sound pressures in the 90s and the concert's not five hours long, uh, you know, you're probably OK. Um you know, if you're measuring it and it's, you know, 110, 115, 120 dB, you better pop those earplugs in right away um, or you're going to be feeling bad the next day. As far as product goes and as far as, you know, the, the recommendations he kind of had, you know, where obviously it's the the um, the default option, I, if you will, with walking into a show and asking the venue if they've got those you know, those uh, smooshy earphones that you roll up, you put them in there, then they expand and they protect your ears yep. somewhat. Um, then you've got like the $30 pair that I would, I would imagine most people would be attracted to that and getting those. You've got the custom pair too. As far as finding those products, especially the $30 pair, where can someone go to find out, you know, for the way I'm looking at it is, it's not something that I would want to order on Amazon because I want to make sure that they fit good and they feel comfortable. So how, what does someone do in that, in, in, in that situation? Yeah. You know, there's, there's been a lot of, uh, of, uh, internet virtual, uh, ink spilled about, uh, about earplugs. Uh, so it's pretty easy to go and, and, you know, read various user reviews. The problem with the user reviews, isn't that they're not accurate. Um, it's just that what applies to one person, and here I'm talking primarily about comfort and fit, right, is a little tough to extrapolate to, uh, to yourself as an individual because ear canals are all different, right? Ear canals are just like ears. They come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. Uh, and what fits perfectly for one person may not fit as perfectly for another. Um, the, uh, you know, they're... I guess the good thing about some places like Amazon or you know, if you went to Walmart or, or, uh, or Walgreens, all drugstores carry some, you know, reasonably good selection of earplugs. 
um, they're usually returnable uh, if they absolutely don't work. Um, there is a uh, there is a headphone forum called headfi.org uh, where there's a lot of discussion about earplugs. There's also a lot of discussion about uh, earbuds uh, for people who are interested in such. Uh, and that's a good place to go to, uh, you know, at least start some basic research about you know, what people liked and what people didn't like. As long as we're talking about, you know, the, the you know, protecting your ears, one of the other things, too, outside of earplugs or headphones or earbuds, um, I know we've had this conversation offline, but earbuds are incredibly bad for your ears. Oh, um, God, yes. You know, and, and I... I'm that guy at the gym with the over-the-ear headphones <laughs> working out because I think, A, number one, the sound is way better quality. And two, yep. you've got some – your ears are allowed to breathe a little bit with over-the-ear headphones instead of the earbuds. I mean, you're basically cramming a device down your ear that you're playing at a pretty decent to loud volume. And the noise has nowhere to go except down your ear canal – and your eardrum is basically like, why are you doing this? Well, therein lies the rub, too, is that most people play music with earbuds way louder than they should. Um, and, uh, you know, there again, like your ear doesn't know whether you're at a rock concert or whether you're listening to music from an earbud. Right. If it's too loud, it's too loud. Um, uh, and and they're. The big issue with a lot of the cheaper earbuds is that while you're doing exactly what you just said, you're cramming this thing in your ear, it still provides basically no isolation, right? It provides no sound, no outside sound uh, reduction of any sort, right? So because of that, you crank it up. So, so you're at the gym. They're playing some terrible music over some kind of horrible stereo at the gym. And you jam these earbuds in that don't provide any kind of sound isolation and crank it up loud so that you can hear mu your music instead of the bad music they're playing in the gym, right? <laughs> I mean, people do that all the time. And that means that you're blasting your music into your ear through bad earbuds. And that's a disaster for your hearing, just like going to a rock concert without earplugs. Yeah, I've, um, I remember I used to, to uh, you remember when they first came out? Um, first of all, we, the headphones that I started with when I was a kid were like these plastic outside of my parents who had like the big, huge over the ear ones. They had like oh, yeah. these, uh, these plastic ones that had like the noise coming out of like these probably half dollar size, um, speakers, if you will. And then they had like this cloth or what do you like? I don't even want what you call over those things. So your ears wouldn't get cut up or anything like that. They would rest softly on your ears. And those were horrible. Like those were yep. like you listen. You know what I'm talking about? Those ones that used to come with like the Walkman and everything. Um, oh yeah. yeah. I, oh, they were horrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean horrible. because they were trying to they were trying to make you know as cheap as they possibly could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. then and then Sony came out with this different. It was like a yellow Walkman. I remember because I got it for oh, Christmas. Yeah, and, and they had these different headphones that would would basically like what earbuds are now but they were they were connected to wire and you used to cram those in your ear and that's what you would listen to that's how you would listen to music instead of those ones that kind of went over your ear but were horrible sound quality 
these were better quality, but of course, when you're 16, 17, you're freaking got that thing all the way up on 10, you know, and, yep. and, you're, and you're playing Metallica, Seek and Destroy, and you're just, you know, you're not even caring about what's going on. No. Well, and then, and then Apple did it to us all over again. Right. Right. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the initial Apple earbuds, I'm not talking about, you know, the fancier stuff that they sell now, but, you know, the thing that came with every iPhone and every iPod for, for years and years and years were the exact, the exact wrong thing, right? An earbud that didn't block out outside sound at all. And by the way, it didn't sound real good. <laughs> um, but, and people would jack those things up. I mean, I could, you know, I could hear, I could walk by and I could hear the music that somebody was playing, you know, from their iPhone through those Apple earbuds. And if I could hear it walking by, I, you know, I just, I would, I'd, I'd look at those people and get sad because I knew they were, they were damaging their hearing by doing that. I remember being on an airplane when I was younger and I was, and I had ear earphones, kind of like the, the, the older legacy earbuds that Sony made. I am crammed in my ear and I forget what I was jamming out to. I was on a plane and this woman turned around and tapped me on my knee cause I had my eyes closed and she's like, can you please turn that down? And <laughs> like the whole cabin can hear it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Like, cause your ears are compromised in a plane, right? Cause they, you know, cause of the pressure. The background noise levels. Very, well, the background noise levels very high. Right. And right? she can I mean, hear it big, over that. I, I think, yeah. I think back to that. I'm like, geez, what the hell was I doing in my ears at that time? Yeah, it was not that, I mean, that whole, well, and that's why, you know, that's why the, gigantic boom in actual active noise canceling headphones came to be right. It was mostly for traveling mm-hmm. uh, because the background, because that's the one place where that kind of noise cancellation, right. I'm not talking about iso- physical isolation, but electronic noise cancellation works super well because you have a very loud, but very steady state background noise that a, Noise cancellation system like, you know, Bose and all those guys use uh, is really good for, right? Um, it's, you know, when the sound is much more random and, and multifaceted, it's very hard to effectively cancel it with uh, active noise cancellation. But in an airplane, it works great. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, I think as a society, we're, we're just trained to tune people out, Right. And when you when you have your music going, whether you're at the gym, whether you're walking your dog, or whatever, if you're sitting at home, you, know, you got these these earbuds in, and you're jamming out on it, um, and and you do it a lot. When you think about a lot, if you go to the gym every day and you spend at least an hour a day at the gym, you are compromising your ears an hour every single day. Yep. When you're, you know, when you're a kid. You know, my, my son, you know, he, he likes to listen with his earbuds. I mean, he's got them in for a couple hours every day, you know, and, and you think about that. Uh, full disclosure here, too. I have my father is completely deaf. My father has a cochlear implant. And mm-hmm. you know, there are various reasons of why he lost his hearing when I was in eighth grade. But I have the experience of seeing somebody losing their hearing and not being yeah. able to do anything about it. Um, and he lost it when he was in his forties. Yeah. He lost it when he was in his forties. So, you know, he's, you know, he's approaching half of his life right now being deaf. Um, and it's not a picnic. It's not fun. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a definite struggle. Your equilibrium is off. 
You're, you know, you, you, yep. you have trouble balancing, you have trouble following things like into your hand. Um, you know, there's, you get nausea because sometimes the levels in your ears are off. Um, and it, it, you just can't, it's, it's tough and seeing yeah, someone and go through about, that. Yeah, exactly. And think about this for a second, right? I mean, you and I are coming at this whole discussion from a music lover's point of view, Right. But you fundamentally can't enjoy music if you make yourself deaf. Right. That, that's a great, so, yeah. I mean, that's the obvious. Like, you know, I mean, someday when you're, you know, when you're in your 70s and your 80s and you can't hear that much, you, you're not going to be able to listen to music. And you know, how are you going to react to that? Ooh, I know I won't. I wouldn't react well. well I, I've seen I mean, pictures a- of your of your man cave, dude. And <laughs> that would, that would yeah. yeah, not being able to listen to that stuff or enjoy the quality that you have, that would be, that would be a huge, huge bummer. Um, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I mean, along those lines, like part of the reason I have, uh, you know, I have a stereo that is, is as good as it is, is because it actually sounds good when it isn't crazy loud. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too. Like when you do, like, like I was saying with concerts, like after a while, if you're at a concert, like a maiden concert and probably half hour, 40 minutes into it, you can't even hear the bass anymore because yep. your ears are trying to adjust to what's happening and they can't, they can't adjust. Yeah, there's actually a term for that. They call it listening fatigue. Yeah. Yep. That's a real, it's a very real thing. I mean, you know, your, your ears get tired and your brain gets tired of trying to deal with it. Um, and you know, even to, you know, to your point, you can, you can have the concert not even be over and, you're not really enjoying it anymore. And if you don't, right? yeah. And if you don't believe what we're saying after a concert, after the next concert you go to, when you get in your car, put out a song and see how it sounds. Yeah. See how it sounds. <laughs> see how, see how that hour and a half, two hours affected your hearing where the drums sound more muffled. You don't hear that kick on the drums. You don't hear the bass at all. The guy's voice sounds muffled. It sounds like you're underwater. Yep, that's exactly that's that's exactly exactly right. And uh, you know there, and so there again. I mean, how is that maximally enjoying the concert that you paid so much for? And certainly, you know, in the context, especially these days, of what concerts actually cost <laughs> to attend. I mean, heck, even if you're basically seeing bar bands. Um, uh, you know, you're still, uh, you know, the cheapest concert I've been to all year was 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of them were a couple hundred bucks and, and, you know, in the context of that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to think, okay, well, I want to, you know, I want to enjoy this concert. Um, I'm going to spend at least a little bit of money, uh, making sure that I can sit in the arena and really enjoy it the entire time and then still feel good about it the next day when I'm when I wake up. Yeah. It's, it is something that I think people don't think about. I don't think they, you know, because it's not affecting you. Well, it is affecting you now, but it seems to be over rather quickly for most people. You you think you get better, right? That's the unfortunate fallacy because you, you know, you wake up and it's, you know, a day, the next day, or maybe the next day after that, if it's real bad, you know, but you're you basically think that you're back to being normal. But the problem is you actually did damage your hearing, right? And again, as we talked about, it's cumulative over the course of your life. So, and it's very insidious because it's slow. So, you know, you don't notice the fact that 
you don't hear as well as you did uh, until it gets really, really bad. And by that time, it's really, really bad. Do you have tinnitus? You know, I have a little. Uh, I do. It comes and goes. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, that was the war- that was part of the warning trigger for me. Right. Was, the, you know, the same thing. Uh, you know, I I, uh, um, I wanted to keep going to concerts a long time. Uh, and I realized that I probably needed to do something, uh, uh, to do something a little different. And, uh, you know, the, the, I guess happily for me, at least I realized that when I was, uh, you know, when I was relatively young, I get my hearing checked somewhat regularly. Uh, most people don't bother to do that, <laughs> but I do. Uh, and happily my hearing for a 55 year old is really good. Um, but, uh, and so I'm doing what I can to keep it that way, but that doesn't include not going to concerts <laughs> and, and never will. Yeah. I mean, you, you still, you still go, you go to a lot like I do. Um, yep. For those that don't know tinnitus, a, a sign that you have it is when you're just doing anything, walking around the house or sitting at the kitchen table or whatever, you get this feedback in your, one of your ears or both of your ears and it's, yeah, it's slow. a little, it's a little faint ringing. Yeah. Well, it's a faint ringing and it kind of gets louder and then it stops. It's kind of like feedback at a show. Yep. You know, when you hear that come through an app, it gets louder and then it goes away. And that's, that's a sign you have tinnitus. Now, if you're getting it frequently, um, you know, more than, you know, once a month, you should probably get your ears checked. Um, you should like, like Rob, yep. you should get your ears checked anyway. But if you're getting that that sensation more than once a month, you probably have, I don't want to say severe case because I'm not a doctor, but it's probably not just a casual case of tinnitus. Right. And tinnitus is not something that like, you know, there's a magic wand that can make it go away. But, you know, I mean, at least there are, you know, there are things that you should consider if you have it. You know, it always, it always made me wonder is, you know, most people will go sometimes their entire lives without getting their ears checked. And yet they go every six months to get their teeth checked. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good point. That's, what is the, I mean, and your ears are actually a little more important in some respects. Pretty um, much. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, yeah, people get their eyes checked all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and yet most people don't ever bother to go get their ears checked, which is a sh- also a shame. Yeah. Th- nothing for me. I started wearing earplugs shortly after that Iron Maiden concert. Uh, I yep. don't, I don't really see even I use the poor quality ones, like the ones you get at the show or the ones you get at Walgreens or whatever. And I don't really feel I, I, I it sounds different, but it's not like huge different. It's not like a big deal. It's not like, Oh exactly. my God, I can't enjoy this. You know, you put them in, you, you roll them up, they expand and, what I, what I feel it does is it really kind of focuses on the band itself. You don't hear a lot of the crowd noise. You don't hear, you know, a lot of maybe like the feedback or distortion. You really just ha- hear the music and the, and the guy singing. Um, that is actually true, by the way. That is not, that is not just a, that is not just a, uh, uh, your imagination. That is actually true. And there's a very easy scientific reason for it. Um, you know, the, the kind of, sort of background sounds that you just talked about are quieter. And so when you use earplugs to attenuate sound, those are attenuated to the point where you actually can't hear them um, or don't hear them really very well at all. And what you hear is, in fact, the direct sound, which is much louder, that's coming from the PA. 
So that is that is not that is a 100% true thing. By wearing earplugs, you hear more of the music and less of the crowd. And I enjoyed it. Like I was like, wow, yeah, this, me too. This is I'm actually too. I can actually like listen to the, you know, yeah. Well, does it take a little bit away from I mean, like the electricity of of a show? Depending on who you talk to, I don't really, you know. I mean, I mean, you and I have been over hundreds of shows. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's like I'm there for the music at this point. Um, exactly. You know, me too. Uh, and you can feel electricity too. I mean, I, I was at a a um, rink tour show in Milwaukee and I had the earplugs in and I still felt that was one of the best crowds that I've ever seen. The music was great, but you could still get that, that moment, that electricity and live in that moment. But yeah, it's nice to actually just hear the band playing too. Um, and you get to hear all the mistakes. You get to hear all that stuff because you can't, it doesn't yep. hide behind the background noise. That's exactly right. I agree with you completely. I, I, I actually, for that reason also, I prefer it. Yeah, that's, in, that's an interesting uh, fact about that. What do you, like, for, for someone who's listening, I know you mentioned the brand. If you can repeat the brand that you recommend people go check out, that are like 30 bucks around that. Yeah, the, the one that I've had good success with is uh, a company called Edemotic. Uh, and I'll spell that for you. It is uh E T Y M O T I C. Uh, and they make a couple of different ones, which you're looking for are the ones that actually have the different filters available for them. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, they're, you know, they're, um, highly effective, uh, easier to use than the roll up yellow foamies. And I know at 30 ish bucks, you know, not a major financial investment. And what can a person expect, you know, walk them through, how they fit, what they need to do to make sure that they're working properly. Yeah. So the one thing that's definitely important there is don't buy them, take them to the concert and then try to get them to fit without ever having tried them before. (laughs) Because by the time you remember to put them in your ears, it's dark and you may drop an important piece of them on the floor and be looking around for it. It's not good. So when you get them, uh, open it all up. They're, uh, they're usually a couple of different, uh, uh, tips to try to get the right fit. Make sure you experiment with those, uh, you know, what's the most comfortable in your ear. And, and you know, yet if you give it a little gentle tug, it still is going to stay in there. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, make sure that, uh, you're familiar with how to change the filters before, you know, while you're in the comfort and bright light of your living room or kitchen, uh, you know, rather than, uh, actually standing up in a dark concert hall. I think that's really the most important thing. It, it, there, there's, you know, there's just a couple of little options there that you want to be able to try before, uh, uh, before you actually go to the show. But and that's it, about it. And if you do put them on before the show and you're comfortable, leave them on the whole show, like experience oh, yeah. the whole show. Don't take them off halfway through or whatever. Dedicate yourself, commit to yourself that you're going to wear this, these things, these devices, and you're going to, because you, you got to get used to it. You know, it's kind of like drinking, drinking Diet Coke or it's kind of like, you know, just changing your thought process on how to enjoy uh, an event, a concert event. And, you yep. know, if, if, if you're going to do that, then don't put them on at all. I mean, you might as well not. But really, I mean, it is I, important. It is. And I tell you, before long, for most people that uh, that I know that, that do this, 
you get to the point where you swear by them and you never want to go to a concert without them. And, and, and it's not, it becomes because you actually really truly enjoy the concert more with them in than you would with them out. We're going to put stuff in the show notes um, where you can get stuff, the names of the brands, just in case you weren't able to write that down if you're listening in the car or whatever. But we're going to put all that info in. Um, also info on where you can possibly get custom uh, earplugs to as well if you if you want to go that route. And uh, also the app that you can also use to kind of measure the loudness, the sound pressure of a show. Uh, that's important too, but yeah, you know, for anyone that's listening and, and kind of begrudgingly knows that this is what they need to do, you need to do it. And it's yep. important for music lovers. Rob brought up a great point that if you really, truly love music, if you're going down the same road and you're not willing to change and wear earplugs at a concert, there's going to be a point where you won't be able to enjoy it at all because you won't be able to hear it. And, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's about preservation at this point. I know at some point I'm probably going to have some ear damage just because of the amount of shows for the longevity that I've, you know, gone to rock concerts. But I know since like probably I was 42, about four years ago, I've started to religiously wear them at shows and, uh, I am totally used to it. I enjoy the shows. I even enjoy the bands even more because, like I said, you can hear them without the background noise. So give it a shot. I mean, you know, especially if you're our age, no one's going to make fun of you. you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> Everyone's going to know, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's called old age. It's called above 40. Yeah. You know? The way it goes. Anything else you want to add, Rob? I think that's it, man. I hope people will, uh, I hope just like you said, I really hope people will give this a whirl if they're not doing it already. And uh, if you are doing it already, feel good about yourself because it matters. Yeah, really. You know, absolutely. That's a good point. Feel good about yourself that you're aware of the damage that can be done. So Rob, man, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, my friend. We got to start talking about the next one because yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got some. We'll, uh, we'll give that some. Give that some thought. I have a few ideas. Awesome. Well, everybody, that is Rob at Sky Rob Tapes or Skylab Tapes, I should say. Skylab Tapes. Skylab Tapes. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, he's always posting good music, and his man cave is a thing of beauty. It's it's a it's a life goal to kind of even come close to that. If I can just do twenty five percent of that. I will, I will be happy, but he's got an awesome man cave. Every once in a while, well, it's every once in a while he'll post pictures and then you're, you'll start drooling. Um, (laughs) but thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Pleasure, man. Talk soon. All right, everybody take care of each other. Stay safe. Once again, I'm Jay Scott. This is the hook rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We'll talk soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.